Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi, guys. Hi. This is Goop Yourself, the podcast where we talk about everything goop. I'm Brian Rucker. I'm Aggie Hewitt. And uh, it's not as hot this week, which is Mm -hmm. good. I'm feeling, I'm not as sweaty. Uh, Yeah, I mean, I don't know the difference because I never leave my apartment, but it's definitely been a little bit cooler. It's been very pleasant in LA. Yeah, I'm actually feeling, uh, psychologically at least, I'm feeling relatively good this week. Better than the last couple weeks, I think. Oh, really? I think that this was like my bad week. Oh, no. I mean, it wasn't like the worst week of my life, but it was like definitely, you know, some weeks you're like, in the choir, you're like, okay, I'm going to develop a routine. I'm going to get dressed. I'm going to do my skincare routine. Like, I'm going to do all the good stuff that I should be doing anyway. And even though I don't have anywhere to go, like, I'm going to be really positive. And then other weeks, you're just like, fuck everything. I'm just going to, like, sit on my couch eating peanut butter out of the jar watching TV until 4 o'clock in the morning. And I have no sense of, like, time or self. Yeah. So this week was my my peanut butter week. I guess I experienced both of those things like simultaneously. Like I feel I am I do have a a good routine in some respect. Like I I wake up at relatively the same amount of time. I exercise every day. I'm cooking. Uh, But then on the other hand, I am like watching. I don't know. Got like eight hours of TV a day. I'm yeah. really not doing anything creative. Um, and I feel, and I have like no job prospects or anything. So I don't know. I'm like, uh, both, both of those things for me are existing at the same time. Yeah. I kind of go back and forth. Like I'll have sort of more of like a, um, just like more normal routine. And then I'll just sort of have like, total chaos I mean and it doesn't have to be like a strict routine but I definitely just sort of get into like these weird phases where like just time doesn't matter (laughs) no I mean time doesn't I mean except for the fact that like in the long run we are all aging and getting older and losing time in our lives yeah exactly other than that time I mean because we are doing what we're being responsible citizens we're doing what we can do and like staying in uh yeah so we're we're living through this other than that yeah but it it is obviously frustrating um 
not being able to like experience life the way that it should be experienced yeah it's like sometimes i'm just like it's fine i don't care and then sometimes i'm like i want to get the fuck out of my apartment and it's like sometimes i'm like feel like i'm going crazy sometimes i feel like it's totally okay yeah yeah i think that's more what it is i feel like it's like the weeks when you're like i want to go out i want to go and do stuff i don't even know what i would do like i don't what do i want to do so bad i don't even know i i'm I get, I'll get like stir crazy, but then what am I going to do? Just drive, like drive around or I, I, I was, I wanted to like go to downtown uh, and pick up burritos from this burrito place that I wanted to go to. And that Uh was going to be like a big, I don't know, field trip for the day. But then I didn't, at at the time I was like, I'm just going to like get delivery. Cause I don't like once it's actually in front of me of like leaving my house, putting on a mask, going interacting with people then I'm like eh, do I actually want to do this and the answer is usually no and then I just stay in my house yeah I mean like I never go I mean my big outing will surely be going to the dentist on Monday which I told you about before we started recording I feel like that's the other reason that I've been so upset is because like my tooth has been really hurting me oh, that's horrible. Going to the dentist is, like, a terrifying idea right now. I'm not scared of the dentist, really. I mean, nobody finds it pleasant, but I'm not, like, one of those people that's, like, has a phobia or anything. But I, I'm i not scared of because it's the dentist. I'm scared because it's the dentist during the coronavirus outbreak. And it just feels like one of – it's definitely, like, going to be, like, the riskiest thing I've done since I started – since this whole thing started – Because I've been pretty good about staying home and really not doing, I mean, I haven't even, I think at this point, a lot of people have done like small social-ish gatherings with like very close friends or family with like a six foot distance or something. I haven't done that. I haven't done a single thing. Like I'm just in my apartment. Um, But, you know, this is going to be like a stranger putting their hands in my mouth, even though it's a dentist. It's just something I'm scared about. Yeah. No, that is, I mean, that is scary. I'm sure it'll, it'll be fine. And you obviously, like, your tooth is hurting, so you need to do it. But, yeah, I understand why that is scary. I mean, we've we've just not been in contact with anyone except for, you know, our partners uh, for months now. And it, 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 like, when you do have those little interactions, I've been to, you know, pick up food once or twice. Um, but... There's, there's like a, like just a, the idea of, of, of standing next to someone. I'm sorry. Is, can you hear the leaf blower in, on your side? I can hear it. Yes. Oh God. Okay. Well, I hope. I'm sure it's fine. This will not be that bad. Of course, um, the gardener who comes to my apartment comes exactly when we're doing the podcast. I think it's better now. Anyway. Yeah. I, it's just like the idea of, of uh, social interaction because we've been away from it for so long to me is like even more nerve wracking than usual. And then, you know, you're going to the dentist and like a stranger's putting your hands in her mouth. I'm sure she's going to take all of the necessary precautions and it'll and be it's fine. Like, yeah. It's like indoor people are in and out. Like every time I've gone and like picked up food or done anything, I haven't had to go inside the place. It's all been like curbside. Oh yeah. So like, I'm going to have to be going in somewhere. The whole thing is stressing me out, but it's like, I it's worth it because my tooth is fucking killing me. And it's like, <clears throat> I can't have, it's just, what it, What are you going to do? You know, you got to go. Yeah, you got to do it. Unless there's no, like, house call. She can't come to you. 
Not that I'm aware of. I don't think she could like. I would be more suspicious of a dentist claiming they could do house calls than whatever I'm actually gonna do. Yeah. Uh, no, it'll be fine. And you'll feel so much better um, once your tooth isn't hurting anymore. Yeah, I feel like once that's taken care of, I'll be like, you know, right as rain. Absolutely. Uh, the only other thing I did this week was I officially um, canceled Noom. Congratulations. Was what Tracy was, was not personally hurt. She or Tina. I'm sorry. I keep calling her Tracy. Uh, oh, you guys had a relationship. Well, I thought we did the first few days. And then it's funny, like once she sent me these like recipes last week and I didn't respond to them. I didn't respond to that. And then since then it's been radio silence. It's like they're told as soon as they stop responding to you, you never follow up or see. And then as soon as I said, hey, uh, I think I have to cancel. It's like I typed the word cancel in. And as soon as I typed that in, there was just a. Um, an automated response being like, here's the link to cancel. That Yeah, that was mine. I just typed yeah. like cancel and then yeah. I just then, clicked the link and I would never responded to anything. The person, I think that I, maybe I, yeah. So it's a robot. I, well, I think it's a real person, but I think they're only, they pick and choose who they're responding to. And I think if I, like, I bet 90% of the people that sign up for it end up canceling because they realize it's, like, hundreds of dollars that they're going to spend. Yeah, and it's, like, kind of dumb. Uh, and then, so then I was like, okay, I, I did like getting back in the habit of um, of logging my meals and weighing myself, which I hadn't done in a couple years. And it's more just bored. Like, I haven't really gained any weight during quarantine. I'm just sort of, like, bored and I want something to fixate on i don't know i know i'm like trying not to dive too deep into my fucking orthorexic mania which i fucking you know get totally obsessed with but i do think that logging food tracking your meals to an extent you know but if you're trying like there's something about tracking what you're eating that just makes you so much more aware of it and like even if you're not counting calories or anything, even if you just do pen and paper, like logging what you ate that day, just so you like know what you're putting in your body, just to be like, if you just did do that for like a couple weeks, just to like raise awareness about if you're like a grazer or something or like me, like a late night binger, that's my problem. Uh, um, yeah, I like I'm not I'm neither really a grazer nor a late night binger, but I am like an overeater when if the food is on my plate, I will like eat all of it. yeah uh especially like dinner i'm really pretty good with you know healthy breakfasts and lunches and then it's like all everything's out the window at 6 p.m yeah that's like yeah exactly like i'll be pretty i'll be good all day and then like at night is when it's like like it could be my dinner is insane or it could be my but i have been eating mostly pretty low carb this whole quarantine but i did make a Bon Appetit pantry pasta on Wednesday. Ooh, not the Allison Roman shallot one? Or I guess that's New York Times. That's New York Times. I made um, a Claire Saffitz one. Saffitz one. Okay. From, like, their new video where it was, like, you know, now, like, all the videos are, like, oh, we're making stuff. They're all making pantry stuff. Yeah. And, uh, she made a pasta that was like just really simple, just like 
chickpeas and rosemary and lemon juice and white wine with their pasta. It was okay. Okay. That sounds good. I they they're doing a lot of like bean and pasta combos now, and I don't know how I feel about that. It was like I didn't I, I felt like I had one carbohydrate in it, pasta. I didn't need to add another one. But I did because that was what the recipe called for, and it was like fine. Yeah. But it makes like it does like bulk it up so it lasts for way longer. Like I guess if you're trying to like feed a family and you need like more food, or if you are trying to make cook, you know, once a week and eat for the rest of the week. But honestly, I don't even know if I'm gonna finish it. I mean, I'll finish it because I made it, but it's like I don't like eat pasta every day, so I don't know. Yeah, um, I, well, I, because I, I canceled Noom, so then I joined Lose It. What's that? Why are you trying to lose weight all of a sudden? I don't know, because I'm literally bored, like, I, I'm just like, I want a project, so I'm, it's just like a fun, I don't know, right now I'm just like enjoying doing it. I'm not really even, well, I did say my goal is to get down to 200, which I'm at like 213, so I'm like, it's not, I don't oh, think it'll be hard. Two weeks. Mm, they I'm doing it very very slowly uh so it's gonna take me supposedly till like August mm-hmm. but uh but yeah lose it is because I was gonna do uh my fitness pal but even that because if you want the macros you have to pay for it yeah lose it there has a, they had a deal it was 1999 for a year oh that's pretty good yeah so I'm ex- oh, it's like it's macros- cool it's easy to log what macros are you tracking? Uh, well, you track, you know, carbs and fat and protein. I just want to try to stick, not to go crazy with carbs. I'm not doing low carb at all, but I want to try to stick to, like, you know, around 60% carbs, which is, like, very doable. Is that low? What's normal? Uh, the Well, the USDA says you're supposed to do, well, they say between, like, 45 and 65. Um, and then like less than 30 percent fat actually if i my doctor would tell me i should i should try to do my doctor said i should do 10 percent fat which is insane um Mm -hmm. so maybe i'll maybe i'll try to do that like just try to get to like less than 30 percent fat i don't know but it's more of just like a to 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 see what's happening to like see what i'm doing rather than even to like change much except you know not pig out uh but I like I'm just eating normally. I'm not trying to change anything about my diet, and I'm I'm naturally just sticking to around two thousand calories a day. So it's I feel like I'm actually on my way to success. That's good. Yeah, I think that I eat like pretty high fat actually. My let me see. I, well, this week I ate I I ate the pasta, but for the most part, I think I'm a pretty like high fat. <laughs> High fat eater, but uh, are you tracking on Weight Watchers? No, I'm tracking on my Fitness Pal. Oh yeah. I still have Weight Watchers. I'm so stupid. I still pay for it, but <laughs> I don't really use it. I don't know why I am the way I am. I just this yeah. is me. I eat. Yeah. Um. I have no idea. I don't know how to. I yeah. I have. 28% fat. That's good. Oh, shoot, sorry. 28% fat. Stop it. 28% fat, 52% carb. So that's not very low carb. <laughs> that's high. That's pretty good. That's like, protein. 
That's what like the U.S. government would say is like a very balanced diet. Will Cole okay. is not gonna like that. Stephen Gundry. But that's but, being like I'm eating really low carb. But then when I actually look at it, it's not that low at all. Yeah, if you like really want to eat low carb, you have to. I mean, that's you have to really do like a paleo or a keto diet because any normal food that you eat is gonna be relatively and, like, high in carb. Vegetables. Oh no, sorry, I was reading that wrong. I was reading the wrong thing. These are the actual mic- macros. 39% carb, 47% fat, and 14% protein. That's pretty low carb. Is it? Yeah, I mean, you're not in, like, ketosis or anything, but that's that's definitely, like, lower than I would be eating normally. Because I I, 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 best, I do eat carbs with every meal, like, whether it's a grain or a piece of toast or something. I don't know. Yeah, I just do sometimes. I don't know. I don't... Oh, yeah. Then I'm, like, going back into last weekend where we were eating a bunch of sushi. I guess I'm only eating low-carb, like, some days. <laughs> I don't know. Whatever. It doesn't matter. Uh, I still have all those ketosis pee strips from my two-week journey a year and I, a half ago. I too, from my two-week journey. Although, you do lose weight really fast if you do it, but I think it's all water weight, which uh, is I didn't, lose, I didn't lose one pound when I did it. Not you didn't? One. Mm-mm. Well, because you still have to track your calories. That's the problem. Like all of these diets, you need to, um, if you're not, if you're not eating less calories than you're burning, you're not going to lose any weight. So if you're doing it to lose weight, which is the only reason to do keto, then because otherwise it's just like very unhealthy. Or I guess people do it also to like build muscle. Like men do it to like bulk up. Uh, Yeah. And then on mine, it's like the exercise, like, because I think on my fitness pal, it was every time you did exercise, you immediately got those calories back. And like small amounts, though, not like the full. Not the full. Oh, because Noom, or I mean, lose it, you don't really get any, except if you walk a certain amount. It's like if you walk, you know, 7,000 steps, you get 50 calories. If you walk 10,000 steps, you get 100 calories, like that type of thing. But even yeah. if you, yeah, it's, which is good, because then I would just, because that was the problem when I moved to L.A., I was going to the gym. I was, I belonged to that little gym in Silver Lake and I would go on the, um, the treadmill or the elliptical every day. But then I was, I must've just been eating insane. Cause that's when I gained like 20 pounds. 20 pounds isn't that bad though. I don't think 20 pounds is a lot. It felt like to me, it felt like a lot. I don't know. Uh, but I just feel better when I'm lighter. Yeah. Me and Roxanne Gay. Did she lose weight? She did. Uh, yeah, she did a um, uh, weight loss surgery. Uh, and people are mad at her because they think that she's betrayed the body positivity movement. Yeah, her and Adele. Yeah, and Adele. Oh, my God. Uh, let's. Oh, wait. Did you know Roxanne? I mean, Roxanne Gay said she, she weighed 577 pounds before her weight loss surgery. Oh, my gosh. Well, That's a lot. No comment. No comment. Okay, let's talk about what people have been wanting us to talk about all week. And we're like, obviously behind now because this all went down over the weekend. Oh, Uh, yeah. So people have been asking us nonstop to talk about the fight between Alice and Roman and Chrissy Teigen. Um, I mean, it not nonstop. It definitely did stop after it, like after like Monday, but yeah. we're still going to do it. Cause we said we would do it and we we're like, okay, you know, I, we knew that by the time we got around to covering it, it would kind of be older news and everyone might be sort of burned out on it. But 
to a certain segment of the population, it'll probably be an evergreen. And to be honest, I might be in that segment. It is. I mean, I am a little bored of it, but it is also it's the whole thing is very interesting, I guess. Okay, so. So let's go back and we'll just, we'll give a quick recap because I do consider myself an expert on this. Yes. So uh, I think well, I yeah, give why don't you tell everyone exactly what happened? Okay. So first of all, full disclosure, I love Allison Roman. I make her recipes all the time. I follow her on Instagram. I wrote an article for The Nosher about uh, chicken fat where I talk about her contributions to the 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 furthering of chicken fat as a cooking oil like I I'm I guess a fan of of Allison Roman Chrissy Teigen I wasn't really that familiar with I didn't even really know that she had like gotten into food until John Legend did a cooking video on Goop with Gwyneth where he made like chicken thighs I think with her and um and then she like goopified it. It was one of those videos where like the like some man usually will come and be like, "This is my like manly mo- f- food." She did a woman with John Favreau and stuff. And then she'll make like the light version, whatever. So she so that was how I knew that they were like that. And then he like mentioned Chrissy Teigen, and then I was like, okay. And then I started seeing her cookbooks around. And actually, right before this all happened, I got my first Chrissy Teigen cookbook. Have you read it or made anything from no, it? No, after all this happened, I did started following her like cravings uh, Instagram account uh-huh. and the recipes look good. Yeah. So it's not like, I don't, it's, it's very like, um, Houston's style. Like it's yeah. like, um, it's like very like, um, a lot of like pancakes and pastas and like, things with cheese on it and stuff like that. It's like kind of heavy looking. I ha- there are things in it that I kind of want to make as I I have both of her cookbooks. One of them they all have like these in- these really good like sections of like traditional Thai recipes that I think look really good to make, but I haven't made any because it's quarantine and I haven't been able to like, get my hands on a lot of the ingredients that they call for, but a lot of like and then some of her recipes look really good. I haven't made any of them yet. But like, um, I, you know, Allison, I've been like a huge fan of. So like, that's just full disclosure where I'm coming from. Um, okay, so Al- Allison Roman, I would say in the weeks leading up to this whole breakdown, has been starting to like kind of show her teeth a little bit and seem sort of mean. I I would say she's always had. And I, I never really watched her videos, yeah. but in her writing and her recipes, she's always had like an edge to her and been very just opinionated about the things that she, the ingredients that she likes and the techniques that she likes and the ingredients she doesn't like. And that's, I think, part of why she's become so popular is because she is very opinionated. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I think that she's popular because her recipes are like fun and really easy and like, really accessible but then like kind of have this like air of like kind of like a cool girl throwing it together and her like I feel like that's what everybody wants where it's like you don't have to it feels like oh I just whipped this up like this is just stuff from my my cupboard I don't even know but then it like tastes delicious and you feel yeah the recipes do taste really good and really uh unique like they don't taste like other people's recipes they just taste different they she has a very unique voice she has a unique voice and it's like, I think it's like pretty special. Like yeah. I just, I, so, okay. 
so but she's kind of also mean like she would say like just little I noticed her always making digs at these people that like I never gave a shit about but like like the guy who produced the bachelor like made some twitter thread about salad how to make salad and she spent like a day on instagram just like trolling it oh really and she would like make these digs at like martha stewart and stuff and i was like why are you doing this like not that i cared about those people i don't well martha stewart obviously i care about but not like you can't make fun of her but just i was like why is allison roman like so competitive you know what i mean that was always sort of my feeling i was like why is she like this so she gave this interview. So that's backstory. Yeah. <laughs> this is so fucking boring for people. How, like 10 years ago, Anthony Bourdain was like the cool guy in the food world. And he would constantly rag on Rachel Ray and Guy Fieri, people he thought weren't uh, doing food to like the quality that he aspired to. So it's sort of well, he called Rachel Ray like a freakazoid spawn of Satan or something. He 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 hated Guy Fieri. He talked shit about Emerald. It was like any like corporate food network star he thought was like, you know, not a real foodie. Even though Anthony Bourdain sort of wasn't really famous for his recipes and like No, he was like a personality and a writer. Yeah, I mean, he had, like, a couple cookbooks, but I don't think that, that's not what people like about him. But um, anyway, so, no, I thought that, too, but, okay, so I kind of did think that maybe is what Alison Roman was trying to, like, model herself after. She did this interview with this weird little newsletter that no one's ever heard of called The New Consumer. Have you heard of this? No, I was thinking she must have been friends with the interviewer or, like, I don't know. Yeah, I've literally never heard of this publication before. That's what I thought, too, and I... I honestly thought that she, it seems like she probably didn't think anyone would really like read it or care. So in this interview, she's talking about like her brand and it's all about brands and stuff. And she's sort of disgusted with the idea of like a food personality becoming a brand. And she's like really averse to it. And the two people that she singles out when she's like criticizing them for their marketing and for their branding and for like their product lines are Marie Kondo and Chrissy Teigen. And she says about Chris, she says about Marie Kondo, she's like, bitch, you sold out immediately. And it was just like abrasive language. And she also said that Chrissy Teigen had a content farm on Instagram. And so what so this was sort of just like, oh, Allison Roman is kind of like being spicy in this interview. So then it Someone from page six, for some reason, they found this article and they reframed it as like Allison Roman slams Chrissy Teigen and blasts Marie Kondo and like all of this stuff. Which she did say that stuff and like it is like kind of, you know. But yeah, it was very tossed off. Yeah. Uh, and it was like she probably shouldn't have used the word bitch when talking about Marie Kondo. No. Um, she shouldn't have... Like, you know, naming names, I don't know, whatever. So she she says 
And and her main critique of Chrissy Teigen is that, like, she immediately got a product line at Target. And she's saying, like, does the world need more of this stuff? She's also asked about Gwyneth Paltrow. And she's like, does the world need another goop? Like, do I need to make a pan? Do I need to make a frying pan? Like, do, do we need more frying pans in the world is, like, sort of, like, the question that she's asking. But she's, like, asking in this sort of pointed way. Yeah, which is a very, very valid question. Uh, but I guess it's, it's the language that she used was... Yeah, it's uh, like, I think it's like a good point. Like, I think that more, like, more product designers or, like, celebrity chefs or whatever should be, like, questioning. Should, I feel like if you're in that position where, like, you have a big cookbook or you have a big thing, you should be saying, like, what? how am I capitalizing on this? And, like, why am I going to... Like, is... Am I contributing something positive to the world? Am I contributing to pollution? Am I just contributing to consumerism? Like, am I just being like a sort of blind capitalist or am I actually doing like fulfilling like my highest purpose? Like, I think those are good questions. Like, those are good questions for people who are business people. Um, Okay, so page six got a hold of it. Then Chrissy Teigen tweeted a huge she has 12 million followers on twitter tweeted this huge thread about it so then it just like completely blew up and the question became like was allison roman being racist and a lot of people thought that she was because marie kondo and chrissy Teigen are both asian women and she only really called out the gwyneth paltrow thing was sort of like whatever but the the really focused like criticism were on these two women of color. And there was one line in, and I've seen both of both things. And I, I, I'm a little confused as to what the real thing is. She, uh, there, there's a moment in the interview where she seems to uh, make fun of Marie Kondo's accent by saying like, please to buy this thing of mine. Like, like it was a weird thing. The, the, the journalist took that out and then put it back in. And they claim, or Alison Roman claims that it had nothing to do with her being Asian. It was uh, an inside joke about a Slavic cookbook that she and the interviewer knew about. What do you think about that? I I believe it because I've been following her for so long and I've seen her re- reference that book several times. Okay. So I've heard her talk about that book on, or like make jokes about that book. It's called Please to the Table. And I've seen her, I've seen her like, I think like posing with it on an Instagram yeah. story and like maybe saying stuff like in that cadence before. So I think it was like a mistake, but I don't think that she was, I, I, maybe I'm wrong. And like, I don't want to like invalidate anybody's feelings about this, but like, I just know that I've seen her reference that book before. So it, when I read her, when I read that she said that it, it made sense to me. And that was the immediate connection that I made. Cause yeah. I, I read her a lot. It, I mean, you're, you're probably right. I can't imagine she would like, even if she is totally racist and, and does like Asian voices at home. I I mean, she can't be that stupid to like do that in an interview. I mean, I I think that she would be a little bit. Yeah. Like, I don't think that she would be that stupid. No, uh, but that obviously only added fuel to the fire of people thinking, you know, uh, calling out the sort of racial connotations of, of, what she was saying. 
Yeah, and also then, like, the point was made that, like, you know, white women have sort of held this corner of the market of, like, domestic goddess businesswoman for, like, 30 years. And, like, it's sort of a newer... Forever. Well, it hasn't... Well, not really, because, like, it didn't really exist before Martha Stewart. Like, there wasn't, like, a homemaker who was the head of her own business until Martha Stewart. Well, like Julia Child. I mean, it's gone back for... Well, Julia Child wasn't like that, though. Julia Child was, like, a famous cook. And I do think... And, like, there's a difference. And, like, it's an important distinction. Like, Julia Child was a cook. She wasn't a homemaking business and like for some reason when women are like famous chefs they don't become famous chefs or famous recipe developers they become a lifestyle brand and julia child like really wasn't like she was a cookbook she was also she's not a restaurant chef she was a home cook like that was what yeah but she didn't have she wasn't a lifestyle influencer yeah not not in the same way as in the way that martha stewart who martha stewart had first of all was like the first one who came out with like major like product lines in big box stores had a magazine had and she also was like doing like decor and crafts and entertaining and like all of these other sort of things that were just more about like like yeah Julia Child was about like was like for the home cook but um I don't think that it was the same business model. And I definitely wouldn't compare Julia Child and Martha Stewart. They're no. just not the same. Um, but, like, I think since, like, Martha, like, I feel like, and Chrissy Teigen is more of a Martha Stewart than a Julia Child. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, uh, and Gwyneth Paltrow, like, uh, I and mean, Gwyneth Paltrow, yeah. it's this, yeah, this combination of food is one aspect of this whole sort of lifestyle brand. Uh, and Alison Roman, up until now, and probably like she's never, it seems like she's never really aspired to be that that overall lifestyle brand. Right. And I and I don't think that she still does. I think that was the point. Like, I think that she wants to be like a food writer, like a recipe developer. Yeah. I don't think that she wants to be like all of these other things. Um, and I, I get that. Um, so but the but it's like a white woman's industry like white women created this like and I think Martha Stewart was the first one Gwyneth Paltrow is definitely like sort of the second one also Martha Stewart and Gwyneth Paltrow go back and forth a lot or Martha Stewart like talks a lot of shit about Gwyneth Paltrow but everybody does which Um, is fine because I I mean Martha Stewart I used to love Martha Stewart her brand I think has really um declined in the past decade she's also like 80 years old like she could just retire uh but to me, Martha Stewart knocking Gwyneth Paltrow is is still like it's still like punching up because Gwyneth Paltrow, maybe that's just to us, but like Gwyneth Paltrow is the pinnacle of everything, and so I don't mind that Martha Stewart like knocks Gwyneth Paltrow down a peg or two. Well, Gwyneth Paltrow definitely like took the you know stole the crown from Martha in terms of like lifestyle brand, but she did it in a completely different way where like. Martha Stewart is all about like Kmart and just like whatever fucking making stuff. It used to be that was the thing. When Martha Stewart, when that that first like uh, entertaining book came out in the early eighties, I was I remember when her line came out at Target. It was like a or at Kmart. It was like a huge deal. What the fuck? Can you hear that? Yeah, it's like a tornado out your side of your house. I think it's a plane. I thought a plane was going to crash in my, like, Donnie Darko. (laughs) The fuck? Uh, Well, at least my leaf blower has stopped. Huh? 
My leaf blower, the gardener has stopped. Leaf blower, yeah. at least on my end, it's okay. What the hell is happening in this neighborhood? Anyway. Um, uh, so, so and, and Chrissy Teigen, she's sort of aspiring for, uh, you know, brand lifestyle brand dominance, but in a much more sort of egalitarian, um, uh, accessible for, um, for, you know, working moms and middle-class people. She's, she's never, I mean, she is like an extremely wealthy celebrity, but she's never trying to, she, that's not her brand. Like she's, she's trying to be as accessible to as many people as possible. Yeah, I mean, she's a, she, her brand is like, uh, like affordable luxury, like Target, like stuff you can buy at Target, but is like nice. Yeah, except uh, the product reviews on her Target wares are really horrible. Like it is really bad quality stuff. Uh, reading, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, like reading all the one star reviews that like spoons melt after one use and all this oh, shit. Oh my god, yeah. And then I did start watching her. I mean, I did start watching her Instagram videos and they're all like literally like an infomercial for her like she'll be like cooking and then she'll be like I'm using my Chrissy Teigen brand like yeah. she like always is like I'm using my brand like she always like shows what brand she's using I don't know maybe everybody does that she, I mean, her like persona is like not for me I think some of her recipes do look really good and uh but she yeah she's just she's just not for me I guess it's not my thing either but it's also like um it's not my thing, but Marie Kondo is definitely my thing. Uh, oh, not my thing. Marie Kondo. Marie Kondo. Marie Kondo stresses me out like no one else. Why? Because I don't want to get rid of stuff. No. Well, apparently, well, <laughs> apparently it's not about getting rid of stuff. It's about only having stuff that you like. Uh, that's true. I would love to buy like a Marie Kondo donabi or something well i didn't know that she was selling stuff until this interview and then i went on her website and it's like there's a lot of stuff that's like literally on the goop website that she's also selling it's like very similar <laughs> truly hypocritical because her whole brand is getting rid of shit or maybe and maybe she's like get rid of all this stuff and then buy my one beautiful thing yeah get... that's it's like get rid of all your stuff and then like buy this thing for me <laughs> Ugh, give me a break i like okay so what else to me what alison roman said was like pretty valid and yet, the way she said it and the example she picked, I totally, totally understand why uh, why people, especially like women of color, uh, took offense to it. And then yeah. Yeah. on top of that, we still haven't really talked about Alison Roman's brand of recipes and the way that she sometimes doesn't give credit to sort of the cultures that she's appropriating her recipes from which is a whole other sort of aspect of the, the controversy. Right. So like the conversation expanded so wide and it, and then it became about Alison Roman's recipes, which like some of her recipes are like, like the shallot pasta is like her big one right now. And the shortbread chocolate chip cookies are like, I don't know where they come from, but I would say that like, they're at least like, I don't know. But then her big one that she became really famous for is the chickpea, chickpea stew. That's Dude, like we've all cooked it. We've all eaten it. We've all loved it. Yeah. And it's like it's like basically like a chana masala. Am I saying that right? I'm so stupid. It's like an Indian curry, basically. Yeah, but it's masala, not. Uh, well, chana masala typically has tomato in tomatoes it. Tomatoes in it. 
But it's it's a chickpea curry with turmeric. It's it's straight up Indian food. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what. Yeah, I mean, like it's a chickpea curry with with turmeric. Yeah, like I don't know what else you would. Yeah. Like, I don't know what it is, but it's like obviously from Indian. Like it's obviously like, I thought it was basically like that without the tomatoes. Yeah, it probably is. It's probably yeah. And, um, and she had claimed in her whatever the original like uh, writing she did in conjunction with the recipe, she was like, this is not a curry. I don't, I don't know how to make a curry, which I guess to her, she was like, I don't want to say that this is a food from India because I, I don't have the knowledge of Indian food. But then she, then she says like, I don't have a culture. She sort of was, wasn't um, honest about like, she does have a culture. She has a white American culture which we are a part of too, like all white Americans do have a culture. It's just, it is white culture. Yeah. I mean, I think that maybe she just like, didn't know how to talk about it. I mean, maybe I'm making too many excuses. Yeah, for her, well, no, it's, a touchy, like, it's a weird thing to think about because white, as white people in America, we grow up uh, centered in the culture and we are, we sort of learn by osmosis or, you know, by the culture itself to think that we are, that that our culture is is the default culture, and we don't like to think of having a white culture because that's a very um, fraught because of the you know the history of of systemic oppression and racism to 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 admit that you are a part of that is a is a weird hard thing to admit. Well, also it's like she's talking about food, and like most of white culture in America is like from is like appropriated from other cultures. Like so much of our culture is appropriated. So I feel like in some ways saying like, I don't have a culture means like we don't have anything that we can like lay claim to because every single thing that we have is appropriated from cultures that we've like, you know, stolen from. Like the the food I grew up eating, you know, as a a white guy in, uh, in California, I grew up eating a lot of, Mexican food, quote unquote Mexican food that my mom cooked and that we went out to eat, which is to me a very like white Californian version of Mexican food. And then my mom comes from like a Jewish culture, but several generations removed. So I w- I took like little things from that, but uh, but yeah, it's like a a mishmash. Yeah, like I guess I would say I grew up eating also like a combination of like Jewish food and Mexican food. Yeah. Um, which is like what you you know I mean it's just sort of like a crazy because like America is like a crazy place and like there's just so many different types of there are just so many cultures coming together in one place but like what like I would never like I felt totally comfortable when I wrote that article about schmaltz and like writing about jewish food i don't have any problems doing that but i would never in a million years be like here's an article about like you know tortillas or something i would never do that and i would feel like a total i mean i would be like i would just never ever feel comfortable doing that and i would never feel like i could do it um but she you know, as a recipe developer, I guess, like, wants to use, like, every single thing available to her, and, like, she didn't give any, with the stew, she, she said this isn't a curry, 
alternate also this week Chrissy Teigen posted on her Instagram a a, a spaghetti carbonara that she made with um, miso and uh, garlic chili sauce. Ooh, that sounds really good. And then she got backlash for that because people were like, that's not a carbonara, blah, 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 blah. And then she went on Twitter and was like, I need to apologize for calling this carbonara. What? She changed the name to like spicy miso pasta. And here's something I'll say. (laughs) But here's what I'll say, though. Here's what I'll say. It's obviously based on a carbonara. And I think taking that word out of it makes the recipe more intriguing because you're like this is a new pasta what is what do you mean a spicy miso pasta when it's like obviously she's using that technique like mixing with eggs and stuff but it's like I think that there's something to being like I'm not gonna say that this is this thing I'm gonna say that this is a pasta or a stew and then you know we have to listen to like how people want this because it's not like for us to say but like I get why you would do that and then to be like This these flavors are from this part of the world and I'm using I've had it before like this. I'm preparing it this way because of my like I'm making these choices for this reason. And here's the recipe. Like, I feel like that's like a decent I mean, sort of way, you know, so, where it's like, you know, hmm? I was just saying to, like, to, to learn about the techniques and then to uh, put that as part of the recipe. Like, this is the part of world where the world where these ingredients came from or this technique comes from. I think for me personally, if I'm clicking on a recipe, I would be more intrigued if it said spicy miso carbonara, because I'd be like, oh, those are two things I wouldn't have thought of together. That sounds really interesting. If it would just said spicy miso pasta, I'd probably be less apt to like to click on the recipe. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's it just, I, I sort of felt like the Chrissy Teigen Carbonara backlash was kind of a backlash to her backlash. I don't yeah. know if it was, like, I feel like if it hadn't happened this week, I don't, I think it was probably, honestly, like, racist white people who were like, well, see, like, Probably. we can call you out for something, too. But she just, like, immediately changed it, which is, like, you know, because it's, like, it's such a stupid argument, especially for, like, white people to make to Asian people. I mean, even though I know Italians have a bad history, as well but like come on but yeah i think and like uh americans is like sort of urban americans of our generation grew up eating stuff from all types of cultures so i like i think it's very valid even if you are white to to make and develop recipes from all over the world but you have to uh you have to both like give credit to the part of the world that it came from and the people that originally cooked the recipe. And then also, um, I don't know what you can do about it, but like to admit or to like, to, to, um, to admit that you're, you're privileged if you're white and someone like Alison Roman, uh, would probably not be where she is in the culture if she was a woman of color because she would be pegged as, oh, this is an Asian cook or this is an African-American cook and wouldn't have the sort of universality that she does as a, like, white, sort of urban, sophisticated hipster cook. Yeah, I mean, because, like, look, Chrissy Teigen is obviously more successful than Alison Roman, 
Um, but she's this like very mainstream, like target, like, you know, very accessible sort of like, um, and like, yes, she has those like interesting Thai recipes, but she also has like the majority of her cookbooks are like pancakes with cream cheese, like just like these, like one of them I read has like three different grilled cheese recipes in it. Like, it's just very like yummy, cheesy kind of like decadent. Yeah, she's in the same vein as a Rachel Ray or a Pioneer Woman. Uh, she's my, yeah, like definitely like a Rachel Ray. Yeah, but like in the like Cherry Bomb, Bon Appetit, New York Times cooking section world of sort of like, you know, we're sophisticated. We don't go to Target. We get all, we, you know, get like buy like bulk grains and fucking like use preserved lemons and like whatever the fuck is going on with us like other side side of things there are, are a lot of women of color and a lot of asian women who are like really talented and are a part of that world but none of them have reached the level of allison roman who's sort of like the queen of that she's like the queen of that niche that cooking yeah. niche. and like on bon appetit i mean like sola and priya there's a lot of like uh, Asian, Christina, a lot of Asian women are doing recipes, but, and they're great. And I like Sola's recipes, especially. I love watching her cook and she's so, but she, they have not gotten even to the same level as Claire or Molly. No. Um, the, the white they, people Claire that are Molly, on that channel. Claire and Molly have their own like shows on, on the YouTube channel. And um, yeah, the other, those other girls don't. Um. And that's when, I mean, I think Bon Appetit has tried in the last year to, like, bring, like, a more sort of diversity of voices and experiences to the kitchen. And they've hired, uh, well, specifically several Asian women. But they still don't, they still don't have any uh, Black or African American people, um, no. men or women, on no. that. And I'm like, why? No. It's why crazy. Yeah. I mean, they have the, I forget her name, but they have a one, one lady that I think... Um, she is a like Somali background and she's there occasionally, but she, I don't, she doesn't do it full time. And is I'm like, you don't have any, I think that she's like younger, right? She's young. And I think she has her own sort of business. I uh, think she's an assistant at the, at the magazine. Oh, maybe. But yeah, I'm like, why don't you have, it's quite, there must be like thousands of, of, of black cooks that you could have. I mean, and such a, interesting like you someone from a caribbean background someone from a southern african-american background like there's so many parts of american culture american cooking that they're not seeing and they mu they must know that they must i mean i it just it that boggles my mind because there are there's you know latinx cooks there's asian cooks there's white cooks but there aren't any black cooks on that channel and it's so weird it is weird you need yeah that is fucked up um, um okay so else we want to say about Oh, so uh, like four days, there was like a, a weird sort of half apology by Allison and then a more sort of formal apology. And then Chrissy, I guess, accepted the apology. Uh, and it is the only other thing. I, and like, whatever, if you're insulted, I don't blame you for, for blasting someone back publicly. But Chrissy Teigen has much, a huge platform more than Allison. So she at least knows, like, if I'm going to do this publicly, I'm going to... I'm going to fuck her up. And she she definitely did that on purpose. And I don't blame her for it because I'd be pissed she, off too. I mean, I don't know. I feel like the whole thing could have been pre-planned. I have no fucking idea. Yeah. I mean, like, I, I mean, come on, like, 
because the the result of this is a lot more people know who Allison Roman is, but also a lot more people. I mean, I bought Chrissy Teigen's second cookbook after this all happened because I was like, I have to know what's in the other book. Yeah. Like, I feel like, and a lot more people. Are, I mean, it's just like, it's a news cycle, and I just I don't know. Well, the other uh, thing that came out was Chrissy Teigen was an EP on the the cooking show that Allison Roman's developing. That does seem fishy. That like. Maybe this was all planned? Well, yeah, because now we know that Allison Roman has a TV show that Chrissy Teigen is going to produce. Okay, so now we know that. Except for that whole thing seems really like, this was all through, like, Chrissy Teigen being like, I was going to, I don't know. It, well, and it doesn't really do Allison Roman any favors. I mean, no, more people know who she is, but I don't know that, like, I, I mean, the worst thing that could happen is she gets, like, this, like, crazy, like, alt-right following now. I don't know. I don't think she's gonna get. I mean, I still don't think that the alt right uh, is gonna follow her. Was, I mean, and and knowing the little I do about her personality, like she is a pretty prickly person, and so the fact that she apologized, I either is like she really does feel sorry, which I think she does regret and realizes some of the things that she said were were wrong, and then part of it is like, oh, she needs to apologize in order to just stop this. I think it's the latter. I mean, she probably feels bad. I mean, who the fuck knows? I don't know what she thinks. But, like, I definitely think that, like, she needed to apologize in order to, like, you know, save face. Because it was just going to be, like, a total, um, I mean, people, it was, like, I think people were just so bored because this is this would have been like a non-story, I think. I don't maybe I'm wrong, but it just doesn't seem like it was it it just seemed like it became such a huge deal and it was like two little lines in an interview. Yeah, and like from people that don't even follow the food world or recipes, like I did I guess I didn't realize how much love Chrissy Teigen has with people. That was one crazy thing where people were like I love you, Chrissy. And they were like, I'm, and they were like standing, like showing their pans that they got at Target and their tongs. And they were like throwing money at Target to prove how much they love Chrissy Teigen. It's like, that's not how you support. I mean, don't do that. Like, don't, your activism is never going to Target. I promise you that. Like, that's never a good idea. Yeah. You're never doing anyone any favors by uh, buying shit at Target. Yeah, like, you know, cook Chrissy Teigen's recipes like her on Instagram, probably don't buy her shit at Target. Same with Allison Roman, like, you know, cook her recipes if you want, but if she comes out with some, I mean, she has some, like, hipstery, expensive piece of cookware that she's coming out with. Yeah, right? she said she's coming out with, like, some weird thing based on, like, vintage spoons that she yeah. found that they're going to make just for her or something. It sounds also kind of like... It's different audiences. Uh, uh I I have very cheap things in my house, like a spatula. I have a spatula. I have a slotted spoon. I have a non-slotted spoon. I have a Dutch oven. I have one stainless steel pan, one cast iron pan, and then my Instant Pot, and that's about it. Do you have any celebrity cookware? Well, it's funny. My cast iron pan is technically an emerald cast iron, mm -hmm. but it was just... I mean, they're all cast iron pans are the same, and I think... That one was just on sale, so that's the one I got. Uh, other than that, no. I have a Le Creuset butter dish. 
Lake Crusade is not celebrity. That's different. I have an emerald. I also have an emerald stainless or a nonstick uh, skillet, which is like one of my favorite pans, actually. And I've had it for so long. But now I don't want any nonstick stuff because we saw that uh, Mark Ruffalo movie. Oh, I do have one nonstick. I use it um, to cook eggs and that's about it. Yeah, I use I kind of use mine for everything because it's just like it's a really good pan. But um, I'm going to probably I kind of I'm in the market for a new pan. But I also have a Le Creuset. I mean, oh, my God, I have a Le Creuset Dutch oven, which is like by far the most extravagant thing I own. Oh, uh, yeah, uh, I have a generic. It's like a it's a it's like Le Blouse or something. It's like some <laughs> generic Dutch oven that's but- was French. I mean, but the Dutch oven I have, I've had it since I was, like, 20. It was, like, a gift. Or, like, when I first got my apartment, I think, like, my grandma got it for me. And then, um, I mean, it's still, like, pristine. It's amazing. And I I think I'll probably have it. Like, I, I intend to keep it for, like, the rest of my entire life. So, like, it's really expensive. But, like, you have it literally for your entire life. Yeah. Exactly. And it's great. And I, I love cooking in it. And I also have a Le Creuset um, butter. I have a butter bell. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But those uh, are super expensive. Like the... No. Um, well, any other thoughts about this controversy? Um, I mean, I honestly think that it's, like, really kind of boring. I I hope that it opens up, like, a conversation about, like, women and... Um, in the food world and like sharing the stage with more like women of color, um, especially in like the more like indie alternative quote unquote Condé Nast like world of cooking. Yeah, because um, like Chrissy Teigen is so mainstream and she's, uh, you know, her mom was from Thailand. She's a woman of color. But it's funny that like that sort of super mainstream breakthrough with Chrissy Teigen ha- has happened really before like a hipster celebrity woman chef of color has happened. I mean, yeah, it is kind of interesting. And like, but I think that like that hipster world is like sometimes like way more racist and way more whitewashed than mainstream culture. Um, But, you know, and that's like something for, you know, us to think about like, where are we, whose cookbooks are we buying and whose recipes are we using on and who are we following on Instagram and and all of that. And I also think that it needs to be said that like celebrities with brands at big box stores should be held accountable. I don't think it should be like default seen as like a good thing to have a line at a big box store. I think that that should always be heavily scrutinized. Um, Yeah. Where those things are made, who's making them, what are the, you know, how are they being distributed? Like, how are you, how are we making these things so cheap and why? And those are questions to be asked about, like, all of our products that we get, um, especially from places like Target, Walmart. I mean, like, we know this stuff. Like, it's not news. Yeah, and Mar- Martha's been a pretty bad example of that for years. I'm sure Chrissy Teigen stuff is garbage. Uh, they're all shitty. Yeah, don't buy it. I don't know. Yeah, just like get get I don't know. Yeah. Get get good stuff if you I can mean, afford look, it. And do what you can. Like not everyone like my emerald pan, I got it at Marshall's. Like you have like you the reason people buy this stuff isn't because they're like 
a lot. Chrissy, most people aren't like, I love Chrissy Teigen and I will own all of her products at Target. Most people are like, I have $40 for a pan. Where can I go and get something that's quality? And that like, doesn't make me want to blow my brains out every time I look at it. And like, maybe that's the only nice thing that you can afford. I, I've definitely been there and I definitely own shit from Target and oh, all kinds sure. of stuff. Um, but like, I think that the responsibility is on like the manufacturers, not the consumer. Uh, yeah, the, the manufacturer and, and the person who is slapping their name on it. Uh, and we all, I mean, this is something that Marie Kondo talks about. We all need to have a different relationship with things and, yeah. and consume less uh, in general. Yes. One sort of good thing that uh, is coming out of this time is I definitely like I and I I'm still bad I still have an Amazon Prime membership I still get shit from Amazon but now at least I'm like not mindlessly clicking and like buying one thing and like having like a spatula sent to me in 24 hours that has like three boxes and like some poor soul in a warehouse has to like pack it for me and then another person has to fucking deliver it to me and I get it for $12 because I need it that next day like that's horrible. And I'm ashamed that I ever did that. <laughs> I'm never going to do it. Where it's like, why are we so ashamed? Where it's like, we have so such limited control over the products that we can get for things that we actually need or want to get by in this like stupid, shitty fucking world. And Jeff Bezos becomes a trillionaire. And like, why are we so guilty? Like, why are we down here, like tearing ourselves apart about like where our pans come from or where our spatulas come from? And the people who are making the most money of, off of this are not being held accountable at all and have no guilt and no conscience about it. I can't hear anything you're saying. Sorry. I'm saying, like, we we don't have complete control and we don't, we there there's a lot of responsibility that doesn't fall on consumer shoulders uh but we also can educate ourselves and i don't know what else to do like what how what can consumers do what what can we do other than other than decide not to buy things from big corporations which most people will still do i don't know what to do well, yeah it's like yeah it's like boycott something but you'll be in the minority of people who are participating in it most people literally will never join you and something like that and it's like it's really like things need to change at such a high level like for the way that we for like the way that we purchase things to change and like the types of things the way things are manufactured and distributed um, it's, it's all about like regulations. It's not about like us saying like, I'm not gonna, I'm going to cancel my Amazon prime subscription. It's like, great. Okay. But like what there's Amazon is still allowed to do whatever they want to do. And like, what are like, what is actually going to change because of that? Yeah. The, these, these companies have gotten so big that individual actions and boycotts don't really matter. Yeah, it needs to be regulated from the top up. And unfortunately, that is not going to happen based on 
anyone in the government now. No. Um, and that's what we've been, whatever. So yeah. it's very depressing. It's very, very, very depressing. Uh, it was the, the end of the day, it all fucking sucks. Yeah. Um, so we've talked for a long time. Do we want to go quickly over our newsletter very quickly? Yeah. Or what do you oh my God, we say? did talk a really long time yeah. about this. Uh, yeah, let's quickly go over yeah, the newsletter. Extra let's long episode. Blast through it. Um, what was your best of the week? Okay, I found out that there's a cookbook store in LA called Now Serving, which I had no idea existed. And it's like in downtown LA. And now I have a new place that I want to go when society reopens and a new fantasy profession that I want to partake in. That sounds cool. And the, uh, on the article, they were like, oh, we're they're doing like Instagram lives, uh, interviews with authors and stuff. Yeah. Which sounds cool. Yeah, so maybe I'll watch one of those, although I doubt it. <laughs> um, so my best was ah the morning routine from Carson Meyer, who is the founder of Sea and the Moon, which is like a body scrub thing. And she's also a doula. Uh, her morning routine is just so relaxing. She lives in Topanga Canyon. Which then I, I immediately started looking at like like one bedrooms in Topanga Canyon, um, which sound I I don't know I want to move there. But she basically just uh, she does what I do in the morning. She drinks a little Goop Glow. Um, she does a little yoga. Her boyfriend makes her coffee. Um, then she takes a shower, does her body scrub. And then at like 11.45, then she just like checks her email and see if anyone wants her body scrub. And then she like fills the orders. And that's all she does all day. And it sounds great. That does sound great. Um, But my, the takeaway for me was Topanga Canyon is the goal. Oh, Topanga Canyon is always the goal. Um, And it might be later on my newsletter. I'll have another thing about Topanga. (laughs) Okay. Well, we'll Uh, all be, we're all my worst, obviously, was Elise Lunin's weird vacation, therapy, <laughs> couple therapy vacation that she went on with her husband. I couldn't even get through it. I couldn't. Oh, my God. It was so insane. So she gets her husband to fly with her to, like, I don't know. I think they were going to, like, Seattle or something. And they had to, like, sit in a conference room with each other and just, like, hash out their problems and there were like 40 marriage counselors walking around as like all these couples had fights and whenever they needed they would hold up a little sign that said help please and a therapist would come over and help them and they did it for a week over a week and she's like and now our marriage is stronger than ever uh it's crazy how excited she was about this and then obviously like how and we're not getting his side of the story she's like oh he was a little hesitant about it i really want hear from him and like what his experience was and how like close to like being out the door he is now (laughs) I mean yeah she said that it was like these people have like developed a way to tell like if you're gonna get divorced based on your body language or something I'm like you got scammed and I don't know what the hell you're talking about and just like this is grotesque and I would never want to participate in this like a vacation with me and my husband is like so rare. Like maybe we can take one a year. Usually it's like just, you know, going to see my family. It's not even like a real vacation, but like to be able to be like, Oh, we're going away for a week. And then it's like, Oh no, we're going to this horrible seminar for the whole vacation. We're just going to fight 
like what the fuck like you don't want to go to a beach and fucking drink a mai tai you want to sit and scream at each other about there was like a a regrettable event is the term so like they would pick something called the regrettable event and then they would just like fight about it for a week i I can't imagine i mean because like a mai tai on the beach is the best couples therapy like what better couples therapy is there than that and just like getting drunk and just fucking staring you know into space yeah (laughs) <laughs> uh, uh Elise, I can't even believe it. Um Elise. so I have I don't quite have a worst, I have a good try. It was the um the article just what we can do, how some of our favorite clean beauty companies are coping and contributing. And it's like talks about how all the like all the companies that sell on goop are like donating something to charity. Um Vintner's daughter is allocating two percent of the proceeds of every bottle sold to organizations on the front line. Um, Other people are like donating money. Tata Harper uh, decided to to actually add alcohol to their hand sanitizer so it would work. Oh, wow, thank you. (laughs) Never done before. (laughs) That's crazy. (laughs) They're donating that to like hospitals, Um, but apparently it's still clean. And then some people are like truly insane. Uh, Let's see. Oh, Heretic actually is doing, they're donating 10% of their whole sales to the Los Angeles Food Bank, which is cool. Oh, that's good. I actually really like Heretic. Yeah. Uh, and what was the one? Oh, this one, Tammy Fender, which I don't even know if what she does, but her her contribution is to just uh, to offer virtual guided med- meditations um, <laughs> to uh to anyone i guess i don't even know um she's not donating money and then oh true botanicals that was the worst one they their contribution was to just create a uh, a hashtag that's hashtag take care and they get their celebrity um their celebrity ambassadors such as laura dern and reese witherspoon to also uh to also like do the hashtag Okay, well, if you got Laura Dern doing a hashtag, then, you know, you're doing something right. That's true. Um, But I also, I want to know, what is Goop, like, do we know, is is Goop doing anything? Are they donating money? Are they donating products to anyone? Like, I haven't heard anything. Donating products? I don't know. Are they donating scrub to hospitals? Well, when they send, every company in the world sends out something about, like, what we're doing to help, and I never read it. So I'm sure that there's a goop one, but I just, like, literally just don't care. But I want nurses, all nurses should get free goop glow. I could not, I could not possibly agree with you more. I feel like nurses should get free goop glow and should get free Vintner's Daughter. Oh, my God. I would, like, sign up for nursing school if I could get free Vintner's Daughter. Oh, you'd be, like, somewhere... Pay like $40,000. My mom's a retired nurse. I would like make her go back to work just so she could get Vintner's daughter and then give it to me. Wow, Brian, that is truly dark. You would make your retired nurse mother go back to work during a global pandemic (laughs) just so you could get one free bottle of Vintner's daughter. And take it from her. I would broach the subject. (laughs) Or at least, yeah. I mean, I would... I would send my mom out into the trenches too if I got a bottle. She's she can't do any. She's not a nurse, but I mean, hey. She's an organizer. She's an organizer. Yeah, West Hollywood for Bernie. <laughs> Let's not talk about it. She has she had yeah. a Facebook group for Bernie Sanders in 2016. Uh, um, uh, what was your craziest? 
my craziest well it's not even that crazy i don't even know but like they were all talking about the thing that they're into and megan was talking about this food delivery service called eat sunny that sounded really good and it was only 180 89 dollars per for what for a month for three three days (laughs) (laughs) and it was like they would like deliver like food to you I don't know I just like I want one of those so fucking bad and I was like oh I want to do the one that Megan does but it doesn't come to my zip code for $189 for three days you could just get like Postmates breakfast lunch and dinner but no it's healthy well you could get buy Chloe Postmates or buy or whatever healthy one can I get my Chloe Postmates I don't know yeah buy Chloe well they definitely um deliver to me Katy Perry on the Hulu commercial, she keeps talking about getting Crossroads delivery every day, and it makes me want to get Crossroads delivery, even though yeah. I'm sure they can deliver to us. I mean, it's kind of far. Um, now I'm... I, God, I was just like scanning delivery apps yesterday, drooling, wanting to get everything, and then I ended up just making a blue apron. Yeah, I mean, like, I'll go on Postmates and be like, oh my God, like, I want to whatever and then I just like literally never get anything because I I mean I can't just like sit around ordering delivery food all day Uh although I'm so sick of the food in my house like it's I hate it and it's all disgusting (laughs) we yeah we get delivery like twice a week and it is that's a that's like a perfect amount where you feel a little indulgent yeah but not crazy we get it once a week usually and it's usually, yeah, it's usually, like, something sort of, sort of indulgent, but not crazy, like, sushi or something like that. Oh, Last week we got sushi, the week before we got pizza and wine. It's just, like, normal food that you get delivered. I don't know why. I'm, there's nothing special about it or anything. But it's so fun. It's It's just, like, fun, and it's just, like, restaurant food tastes so fucking good, and literally the best food I've had delivered since quarantine started was when I ordered um from home state and I got a cold brew and it was it was like a real like coffee shop made cold brew was like so much better than any shit that I've made it was like that's still I like think about it all the time like I just want like a real cold brew that sounds so good it's so good uh, we got some Nashville hot chicken delivered the other night, which was really tasty. Oh, yummy. Um, okay, so my quickly saddest was the, even though I do want to go to that cookbook store, the cookbooks that they talked about, all of them looked so boring to me. So that was like sad that, because I, I assumed that that one would be like my best of the week because I love cookbooks, but they were all just like fucking boring. Like what? Well, there was, um, there were like a lot of like gluten-free ones. There was one called What's Gabby Cooking? Eat What I You Want. I just followed her. No, she's like, I don't know why. I just followed her on Instagram. Is she worth following? Yeah, and I don't know. It's like she just like popped up into my like awareness because she was like, I have I don't even really know why or how. And it's also the problem is like these people can come to me either through like Bon Appetit people or through like Whole30 people and I can never remember who's who. She seems like a Whole30 person but I think she's actually a Bon Appetit person. I have no fucking idea. Her name's Gabby Dalkin. To me, just by looking at her, she looks like a Food Network person. I don't know. Maybe she's she's definitely not Whole30. 
Uh, well, I'll check her out. I don't know. It's like blueberry, blueberry streusel skillet breakfast cake and Bloody Mary's backyard barbecue smash burger, hot dog bar. She definitely doesn't seem bon appetit. I have no fucking idea. She came to me. Test right. Kitchen. Cherry Bomb follows her. Okay. All the all right. the Jewish food blog that I wrote for follows her. Goop follows her. Okay. Food 52. The LA Times Food and Friends and Family. So those are my... Huh. Um, yeah. There was one called oh, no. Bakerita, which was gluten-free, dairy-free, and sugar-free recipes for the modern baker. No, thank you. No. Um, Half the Sugar, All the Love, a family cookbook by Jennifer Tyler Lee. Uh, no, mm. thank you. Mm. Um, Mostly Plants by the Pollen Family, which I'm like, ugh. Vomit! It's not 2005 anymore. I really don't care about Michael Pollan. Oh, my God. Remember the craziest thing that he ever did was VB6. That was my favorite diet of all time, vegan before six. Oh, no, that was, that's, that's the other one. That's um, Mark Bittman. Oh, yeah. Those two are like peas in a pod. Yeah, but see, they never... Yeah, West Coast, East Coast doppelgangers. But they... See, they're not like lifestyle brands like no one ever expected them to be like and here's how I like cook for my wife and my kids like that's not who just like decided to like cook on the weekends they're cooks I guess um I don't care about any of those I still like my diet that no one it did not take off the one 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 diet a one drink one dessert and one snack and one dessert and that's it I mean, I just think that, like, <laughs> could you just have three drinks and no yeah, snacks? Yeah, you can mix and match. But, but if you have three drinks, you can have any desserts or any snacks. I think that's fine. I, I think this d- diet should go viral. I'm going to relaunch it. You should relaunch it. Um, okay, let's move on. What would you try? Um, oh, I mean, honestly, I was, like, so so dumb on this one I just said a new supplement routine I just like want to get there was like a supplement thing I'm taking I just got my vitamin d I'm starting I take my vitamin c for covid I take my my um what's it called goop glow for coq10 and collagen but like I need actually there's no collagen in that but I think it produces collagen or something I need I need to start taking collagen, okay? Like, I need collagen in my body. And I know that take ingesting collagen doesn't produce collagen, but I, they keep on selling it to me so much that I'm, like, starting to believe that it does. It might. You never know. You never know. Um, my try is just... Uh, oh, it was just moved to Topanga Canyon. <laughs> There's a... Yeah, you have to move to Topanga There's Canyon. There's a mini house. I looked on Westside Rentals. There's a, like a mini home that's $1,500 a month right in Topanga Canyon. Uh, it's 300 square feet. And you get like, I don't know if you get a backyard, but there was some outside space. It looks so cute. I want it. Um. Yes, I know. I uh, definitely <laughs> I definitely would love to move to fucking Topanga Canyon as well. Especially now I'm like not doing anything. Like it doesn't matter where I live. So I could just live i don't know and it's, it sounds great the other quick quick very quickly um there was a thing called seven simple home projects and one of them was bring natural elements into your home like palm fronds and stray branches and i sort of that. so you could move to topanga canyon fill your house with leaves and just be inside 
It sounds great. Yeah, uh, do it. What would you buy? I mean, okay, so I was, like, thinking about pans so much, and then I was like, I guess I'll just say my buy would be Gwyneth Paltrow's pans, <laughs> because... Wait, does she, do they make their own pans, Goop, now? They have these pans called Goop by Green Pan, and they're tough, they're nonstick pans oh, that are non-toxic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're pink. I'm not really going to buy them, but I was just, like... I had pans on the mind. I saw her pans. And then, like, of course, she started selling me on the pans. And so I just put them on my list. But I'm just kind of kidding. I'm not really going to get her pans. I'm not going to get anybody's fucking pans. I am going to get a new nonstick pan because mine, I think, has, like, been scratched to death and probably very dangerous. What? Um, that Mark Ruffalo money uh, movie is based on is your pan. It's my personal Emerald Lagasse pan. I don't Mark know. Ruffalo should come out with a line of nonstick, non-toxic pans. I want non-toxic pans. I'm so scared of my pans ever since that movie, seriously. I mean, non-toxic, eco-friendly, non-stick ceramic cookware. Ugh. No toxic chemicals, no pollutants. Um, so quickly, my... My thing I would buy is actually an ebook that was in that book article that I hated, but this one actually sounds cool and I think I will get it. It's just called Family Meal and you can get it as an ebook and the whole um it uh all the money goes to to uh the restaurant workers COVID-19 emergency relief fund and there's 50 recipes by people such as Ina Garten, Ruth Reichel, Sam and Nosrat and Dan Barber and it's all um family meal like what uh, the restaurant workers would have as their family meal. And yeah. Molly Boz's new banana bread recipe is supposed to be featured in it, according to her Instagram. Also, you you say her name, you say salmon nose rat? Salmon? Salmon? I don't know. I've always said Samin. Oh, Samin? Probably. You're probably right. Um, I Maybe I'm wrong. That's how I always what? said it. So uh, Netflix show, and I still don't know how to say her name. Um... Molly, that, ooh, that banana, oh, that's, I'm honestly really hungry right now. It's 2.30, I haven't eaten lunch. Yeah, LA was a rice cake. Maybe we should go and eat. Yeah, I think we need to eat. Uh, okay, uh, thank you guys so much for listening. If we said anything that was, like, fucked up, please let us know. We definitely didn't mean to. Yes, <laughs> I really, we, we were just talking about this topic, and um, I hope that it wasn't, like, offensive to anybody, and we, we were just trying to, like, you know, learn and have a conversation. We're trying to work through it. Um, there's no, yeah, I don't know. It's the whole thing is very complicated, but we, yeah, we'd love to hear your feedback if, if you think there's anything that we missed or uh, we're wrong about. Uh, we are up for learning. That's all we can do. Yeah. Okay. We love you so much. Thank you for listening. Um, please, you know, join our Patreon, buy our merch, follow us on Instagram, send us messages. And we'll talk to you soon. All right. Bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. 